0: The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style, from a wide variety of life circumstances, all the way from palace thrones and bedrooms, to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountain tops. And to the backsides of dry desert wasteland. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives, here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most-translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar.
1: Hello, my friends. Thanks for being with us on the Bible Live broadcast. We're going to finish the book of Matthew this evening. Shortly before the Christmas holidays, we started the book of Matthew with the birth of Jesus the Messiah by Matthew, this converted tax collector who wrote this record specifically to the people of Israel with scores of quotes from the Old Testament, references to Old Testament passages and to Messianic prophecies Matthew is going out of his way to demonstrate clearly, to give evidence that Jesus is indeed the long awaited promised Jewish Messiah. He is Christ the King. The four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were never intended to be complete histories. These are written by disciples, apostles of Jesus the Messiah, who were themselves convinced that he was the Son of God, that he was indeed the Messiah. They write each one of them from their unique perspective, Matthew from his perspective as a Jewish man with the biblical references in mind, Mark, actually John Mark, he is basically the writer for Peter, and they emphasize the servant nature. Matthew the king, Mark talks about Christ the servant, Luke emphasizes the humanity of Jesus the Messiah. His walk of faith, his strength, his pouring out his life on behalf of others. But as a man, as a human man who walked out a perfect life of faith, then John, the Gospel of John, emphasizing Jesus, the Son of God, his deity. Each one writing from their own particular angle and perspective and insights before them together. A great insight as to the character, the nature, and of course the works and the actions of Jesus, the Messiah. Tonight we'll start in chapter 26, verse 17. We get Jesus' final instructions for his disciples. The Great Commission is included in our reading. Let's go now, though, to our Wisdom and Worship segment on the Bible Life. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, I tell myself. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God even with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When their breathing stops, they return to the earth. And in a moment, all their plans come to an end. But happy are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He is the one who keeps every promise forever, who gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts the burdens of those bent beneath their loads. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. O Jerusalem, your God is king in every generation. Praise the Lord. End of reading, Psalm 146.
0: Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Oh, my king,
1: die for me. And we are back just finished reading a beautiful psalm 146 contrasting the help the aid that people can give us versus the help of God how faithful and how dependable God is in our lives now let's turn to the gospel of Matthew we're going to pick up in chapter 26 verse 17 as the disciples prepare for the final passover celebration going into the the uh, passion Matthew of Matthew 26:17 through 28:20 20. Matthew 26 On the first day of the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover supper? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, The teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover supper there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve disciples. While they were eating, he said, The truth is, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, one by one, they began to ask him, I'm not the one, am I, Lord? He replied, One of you who is eating with me now will betray me, for I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for my betrayer! Far better for him if he had never been born! Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Teacher, I'm not the one, am I? And Jesus told him, You have said it yourself. As they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which seals the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Tonight all of you will desert me, Jesus told them. For the scriptures say God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter, Jesus replied, The truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you. I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: Then Jesus brought them to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go on ahead to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he began to be filled with anguish and deep distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? Keep alert and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Again he left them and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away until I drink it, your will be done. He returned to them again and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went back to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Still sleeping, still resting, look, the time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. See, my betrayer is here. And even as he said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a mob that was armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent out by the leading priest and other leaders of the people. Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I go over and give him the kiss of greeting. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, teacher, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. One of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword and slashed off an ear of the high priest's servant. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will be killed by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us? And he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous criminal that you have come armed with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas the high priest where the teachers of religious law and other leaders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter was following far behind and eventually came to the courtyard of the high priest's house. He went in, sat with the guards, and waited to see what was going to happen to Jesus. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, there was no testimony they could use. Finally, two men were found who declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God that you tell us whether you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, Yes, yes. It is as you say, and in the future you will see me, the Son of Man, sitting at God's right hand in the place of power and coming back on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror, shouting, Blasphemy! Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He must die. Then they spit in Jesus' face and hit him with their fists. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Messiah! Who hit you that time? Meanwhile, as Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, a servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some other bystanders came over to him and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter said, I swear by God, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away, crying bitterly.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: Matthew 27 Very early in the morning, the leading priest and other leaders met again to discuss how to persuade the Roman government to sentence Jesus to death. Then they bound him and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and other leaders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the money onto the floor of the temple and went out and hanged himself. The leading priests picked up the money. We can't put it in the temple treasury, they said, since it's against the law to accept money paid for murder. After some discussion, they finally decided to buy the potter's field, and they made it into a cemetery for foreigners. That is why the field is still called the field of blood. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price at which he was valued by the people of Israel, and purchased the potter's field, as the Lord directed. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? the governor asked him. Jesus replied, Yes, it is as you say. But when the leading priest and other leaders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear there are many charges against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus said nothing, much to the governor's great surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner to the crowd each year during the Passover celebrations. Anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious criminal in prison, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the Jewish leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, Leave that innocent man alone, because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night meanwhile the leading priest and other leaders persuaded the crowds to ask for barabbas to be released and for jesus to be put to death so when the governor asked again which of these two do you want me to release to you the crowd shouted back their reply barabbas but if i release barabbas pilate asked them what should i do with jesus who is called the messiah and they all shouted crucify him why pilate demanded what crime has he committed But the crowd only roared the louder, Crucify him! Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, We will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire battalion. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They made a crown of long, sharp thorns and put it on his head. And they placed a stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery, yelling, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and grabbed the stick, and beat him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe, and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. As they were on the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Then they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. The soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A signboard was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two criminals were crucified with him, their crosses on either side of his. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. So you can destroy the temple and build it again in three days, can you? Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the King of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusted God, let God show his approval by delivering him, for he said, I am the Son of God. And the criminals who were crucified with him also shouted the same insults at him.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani? Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet elijah one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine holding it up to him on a stick so he could drink but the rest said leave him alone let's see whether elijah will come and save him then jesus shouted out again and he gave up his spirit at that moment the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom the earth shook rocks split apart and tombs opened The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead after Jesus' resurrection. They left the cemetery, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and Zebedee's wife, the mother of James and John. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who was one of Jesus' followers, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance as he left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting nearby watching. The next day, on the first day of the Passover ceremonies, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will be raised from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body, and then telling everyone he came back to life. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, Take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: Matthew 28 Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember, I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to find the disciples to give them the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they ran to him, held his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. "'Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there.' As the women were on their way into the city, some of the men who had been guarding the tomb went to the leading priest and told them what had happened. A meeting of all the religious leaders was called, and they decided to bribe the soldiers. They told the soldiers, "'You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you, and everything will be all right.' So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them still doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age. End of reading Matthew 26:17 through28:20. 20.
0: and lift up our hands for the joy. This is The Bible Live with Sophie Dollars. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we
1: sing. This event, the resurrection, is right there at the, the white-hot core of the gospel. Jesus Himself placed all of His credibility on that event. This would be the final great sign. Just as Jonah was three days in the great fish, he said, So the Son of Man will be three days, three nights in the grave, and I will come back from the dead. Everything was leading up to this point. We have read the book of Matthew now from the time of those early chapters in his genealogies where they traced back his kingly genealogy, a descendant of King David, which he had to be. We've gone through now the book of Matthew of all of the great teachings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount and others, and the miracles that he did. All of the continued references to those prophecies that were fulfilled in his life, prophecies from Zechariah about the 30 pieces of silver, from Jeremiah with the money being thrown on the temple floor. Details, so many details, so many prophecies. The fact that Jesus remained silent before his accusers at the trial. Part of a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 53. What do you think it must have meant to Jesus? Here they are observing this Passover, the final Passover celebration that he would participate in in this life, knowing that he himself would, in just a few hours, become the Passover lamb. It's so interesting to me what he must have known as a man, as a very mature spiritual man of God. He understood the scriptures, he understood the symbolism of the Passover, the lamb that was slain. Blood was spread remember over the doorposts of the houses there in Egypt. They had been observing this Passover for all these hundreds of years now, hundreds and hundreds of years. And now the Messiah himself has come. He's observing that Passover. And at the very same moment he's eating that lamb, he's thinking he himself is very soon to be the real Passover lamb. That lamb that they ate each year was a symbol. That was a ritual by which they remembered God's deliverance to them as a people. And they looked forward to the Messiah who would become the Passover lamb and would deliver not from the kingdom of Egypt, but from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of sin. So Jesus participates, goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. He's arrested. It's a highly illegal trial. There are a number of things that it was wrong for them to have done. No defense for Jesus was sought or allowed. He was put under oath, but then he was incriminated for what he said. And, of course, any case like this was not supposed to be tried in the high priest's home, but in the high council's regular meeting place. But then he is crucified, and he rose again from the dead. There's so much that comes from the resurrection event. It confirms his identity, his salvation. It gives us hope. His death is indeed a substitute giving us new life. Thus ends the Gospel of Matthew. Beginning with those genealogies, Matthew makes a case throughout the book that Jesus was indeed that long-awaited, promised Jewish Messiah. So very many quotes and references to the Hebrew Scriptures, beginning again, like I said, with those genealogies. Matthew presents Jesus' credentials for being not only king of the Jews, king of the world. Not a military political leader, of course, as the disciples had originally hoped, but he is a spiritual king who can overcome evil, can rule in the heart of every person. And if we refuse to serve the king faithfully, we are a disloyal subjects, fit only to be banished from the kingdom. We must make Jesus the king of our life by faith, worship him as Savior. The Bible Live.
0: is Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live, P. O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas. 78218 You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website biblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.